I said, I'll probably try it with the fruits. I can't try with the fruits? Tomorrow with, like, the, the crabs and the lobsters. I don't like seafood. You don't like? I don't, they do it with crabs and lobsters, too. Yes, I'm saying I don't like that. Uh, that just gross me out because it's all stringy looking. No, you, would you, wait, wait, what are you talking about? ASMR. And what is that? I don't know. Audio, sensual. Okay, yeah, so, okay. Them eating it and, and yeah, cracking it open and stuff you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. it, got it, got it, got it. But the one, like, even Cardi B's was kind of tight. I didn't see it. That's actually, I think, what made me like, oh, maybe ASMR may Isn't not be that crazy. Isn't that weird? She did one. She's like growling and scratching the mic <laughs> and everything. <laughs> I'm going to have to go see this. Yeah, you're going to have to pull that one out, brother. Um. Oh. Yo, welcome back to another episode of Helping Homies Win, the podcast tools. I think I want to do that one again. Let's do it again. Because I think uh, what I don't want to do is like do it too loud. To where like you listen like, oh. Oh my God, it's happening. Uh, so we go back and I go back down. Oh, so yeah. I want to kind of, hold on. <coughs> action. Had to clip. What you got to That's funny I say action and you like, like. But no, but you got to, you did it wrong. It's bro. like PTSD it's like, like camera set, you know, ready. Like it's got to be a pre-cue. Anyway, don't just be quiet. There it uh, is. So there it is. There it is. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, welcome back to another episode of Helping Homies Win, the podcast tools for lifting a generation. Are you going to? You're supposed to say yourself, bro. Who are you? No, you go first. It's always back and forth. Oh, is it? Oh, my bad. It uh, is. It's always. It's, you know, it's funny. The other time, last episode that probably hasn't released yet, you were like, it's your homie, Antonio. I thought that's tight. So it's your homie T Ross. I know, but I'm saying we live in the moment, bro. You just gotta take. I know you just you gotta know do it. I know I feel you. You I know, know that I'm just shows me you it. wasn't listening. I mean, how am I gonna be out here telling all the black women that black men listen? Listen. And and here you're not listening, bro. Come on, bro. Don't do that to me. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, bro. You're turning me into be a liar, bro. You're not a liar, bro. Because they be arguing with me, bro. And I be like, no, we listen. No, we listen. We, we do. don't cheat. No, we do, we bro. We listen. It's a new movement. Out listen, here, I man. was I was focused, bro. On on what other stuff. Yeah. This is your homie Tony, and this is also Tarek Ross Jr. T. Ross. Since T. he ain't Ross. listening, I'ma do it. And T. Um, Ross, we here with another one of the homies. Um, I don't know why I'm looking like this. Yeah, I don't know. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm puzzled. I'm real puzzled. I'm puzzled. I'm puzzled. Um, but we here with my guy, man, Jamon Allen Brown, J. Allen Brizown. So that's what you go by the whole thing, right? Yeah, J. Allen Brown. J. Yeah, Allen Brown. J. Allen Brown. Cause. I'm, if you say Jamon, then a lot of people mess that up. Dang. Ramon, Jamal, Jamin. I used to say Jamin. Jamin. So Jamin. J. J. The homie J. Allen Brown. This is what? Third time? I mean, it depends when you're listening, but. Yeah, no, it's his third appearance. The homie, not. This, it's the homie. It's the homie, homie now. The homie, homie. So listen, man, what's, what's, what's cracking today, bro? What you want to. Lately, I've just been thinking about love and understanding love as a man. Okay, mm. so that's what it, that's what that's okay. what's on my mind. That's what this I want. This might be part yep. three part. But I'm saying, like, when we talk about this, bro, you're gonna like actually like talk and like, you know, what I'm saying, yeah. Cause I'm, listen, I'm actually, listen, 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 listen. It's this thing that we do, man. Like, you know, we really be ride or die for this podcast. You feel me? Like, I'm here for the homies. I'm just saying, the homies ain't got in trouble behind like this podcast. This podcast ain't got too many people. You know what I'm saying? So I don't know. Like, are we censoring? Or are you gonna be talking about? That, there's know? no censoring. I, I, don't, I don't. I will not be censored. No sense. I love it. All right, bro. We got to keep it nervous. real. We got to tell the truth if we're going to help. All right. Tell the homies. You got to tell the truth. got to. We're going to see, man. Tell the truth. We're gonna see. We need an alias, too, for uh person in question. If we get into all that. But anyway, I mean, we're going to get there. I don't, so you I don't, want to talk I don't about think what it, that's going to be mentioned, but. 
See, that's what I'm saying. You know what but I'm saying? I mean, I mean, <laughs> I don't, that's what I'm talking about, bro. What I'm saying is, I don't need to mention it in in order to to speak about what I'm. Yeah, I feel that. exactly. I feel that. You know what I mean? If it come up, I mean, it come you ain't up. gonna stop. Mm. You know? Look, I'm with that. I'm with that. Um, yeah. If we got to censor something in the end, you know, we just won't censor it. Oh, so we gonna be censored now? <laughs> there, there, right. there ain't no censor. All right. Full nah, truth. Nah, all right. truth. No, we're gonna, we gonna, we gonna tell the truth. I done lost whole situation shifts behind this podcast, and y'all want to <laughs> censor stuff, want. and y'all want to protect yourselves. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's real though. <laughs> we lost the whole situation. It's cool though. It's cool. We moving. It's all we right. Moving. You know what I'm saying? My homies is here. It's all love. Still homies love you, girl. This look. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so what's cracking? So you said you want to talk. So your thing was uh, break it down for me. Under- understanding love as a man, like when you think about love, I think like the way you understand or you see love will be defined by your definition of what it is to be a man. Mm. Even the way you see too. love will be defined by yeah, your the way definition you understand of love, being a man. and the way you see love will be de- ultimately defined by the way your definition of what it is to be a man. In the same way with women, whatever their definition of what make they feel like makes them a woman, their mm-hmm. identity, you know, identity. And I think today, and if you think about older generations and what made a man was a man, like he was a protector, provider. He made, you know, provisions that was like, oh, that's, that's a man because, he, you know, he brings provisions home. He brings in money. And I think all that in today's society has been canceled, like, no longer like what you do will make you a man like i think ultimately like having purpose is what makes you a man these days mm-hmm. i feel that that's interesting because because i i go back all the time to you can't really understand any concept until you understand yourself and i think an understanding and defining what it means to be a man will kind of put this expectation on the situations you find yourself in because you never want to do anything that like disrupts who you are as a person or how you identify yourself. So the environments you're in must be cohesive with that. I've never looked at it from that angle, like as far as like love and entering love and like relationships to like whether or not this is in line with who I am, and what I believe myself to be. Right. Because there's people have different definitions of what it is to be a man. Mm-hmm. And when you're looking for love and you end up in relationships or you end up in situations you will find yourself always conforming to someone's definition of what it means to be a man in order to get love, to receive love. Mm. You mm. find yourself conforming to like like so speaking as a heterosexual male, you find yourself performing uh you find yourself what what's the word you use again? Conforming. Conforming. To yeah. the, to her idea of what a man is. Right. In order in order to uh in order to for that person to feel happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you think about when, for me, I think about when you think about m- the way I, I look at love now, it's like, oh, if I, if I'm like looking for love, if I want to be in a relationship, then I think the ideal is to create an environment where someone's own personal happiness can flourish. I'm not responsible for their, I'm, res- I'm not ultimately responsible for that person's happiness. I'm responsible for creating an environment where they can be who they are and their happiness from being who they are can mm-hmm. flourish. I love that. That reminds me of that that uh, quote that Will Smith said about his daughter. He understood love because of his relationship with Willow, because he realized. I feel like Tony knows it better than I do. I'm looking at him like, bro, <laughs> I know you know it better than I do. I don't know. I mean, what I remember is uh, he was just talking about like, you know, he he he. I'm gonna paraphrase the hell out of this as I remember, but 
he didn't he took responsibility for the whole process when it came to love for him. He wanted to be responsible for his growth and it growing on his terms and, you know, at his expectation, all the other stuff. When he found with Willow, it's like, you know, kind of like what you're saying is just like, you know, setting the conditions for her to be the best her she can be. You know, creating conditions where it's like the soil's right, you know, it's in a place where it can get good light, you know what I mean? And then, you know, I'm watering it when I need to water it, and then that's it. And then allowing her to grow and become whatever she whatever she wants to become, not his idea of what success is. You know, so I guess he was saying on that time, he's on a kick of like, you know what I mean? You know, she was on, they, they, they was popping. You know, mm-hmm. Willow had with my hair, Jada was coming out with the Karate Kid, Will was doing, you know, summer blockbusters every single year, but nobody was happy. Yeah. You know? So um, setting the, the the environment that's loud that's loud. So I w- so I, I want to start at the beginning though. So you're saying that that identity. You have to find your identity first before you find love. Is that what you're suggesting? Yeah, I, th- I think that's what I'm suggesting. So what does that look I, like? I think no. I think you have to understand. I think you have to understand that Id- identity doesn't come from the things you do. Like the roles are always switching. Like nowadays, women can provide for themselves. They can protect themselves. So like that no longer will make a man a man because he can provide and protect a woman. Like the roles are always switching. So I think it's you have to find your purpose first before you can before mm. you can find love or be ready for love. So okay, wait, wait, wait. So you gotta find your purpose before you can be ready for love. So does that mean in that time there are no relationships or is it that you just won't be able to truly experience what you're looking for in a relationship you can still find it you can still get in relationships but i think the hardships will be even harder they will be harder like you will experience more hardships because you and trying and tr- and not really even having a, a clue of going back to what you said like you have to understand yourself like mm-hmm. if you don't understand yourself how can you communicate to somebody what it is you need because you don't understand yourself you just like i feel this way and i feel this way but you don't really understand yourself mm-hmm. why you feel that way and you're saying to the other person you're responsible but really they're only triggering what's inside of you like it's not them it's just they sometimes can be a reflection of what you don't even like about yourself what they were talking about in the uh, red table talk yeah yeah with the one that's the one with wale yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so so are we going identity purpose relationship i think your Id- identity is in your purpose i don't agree you don't no oh, oh. what do you what well, do you no. feel I mean, I feel like when it comes to your per- your identity, I don't, I don't think your identity is found within your purpose, but I feel like your purpose should be representative of who you are. or your pur- I feel like your purpose or your function should be representative of who you are, yes. But with your purpose, it's so... I feel like that gets into your roles as well. You know what I mean? It's very, mm-hmm. like, diverse, right? Like for me, I'm a father, I'm a son, I am a actor, I am a EMT, you know, uh, I'm a producer, right? But those are all different functions, and those right. all serve, I serve a different, and those are all different purposes or whatever the case is, but, you know, I feel like people are so unique and they're so um, diverse that it can't, I, don't, I feel like that's like almost pigeonholing it a little bit. No, I get, I get what you're saying. Yeah. I guess what, I, what, I'm, what I'm trying to say is that um, you are still a man no matter what purpose but what is that though because in 2019 that's like it's that's what what is purpose no what is a man what is a man you know what i'm saying Mm. it's not this i mean when we were growing up you know to be a man like you said was to be a a uh sorry to be a um provider Provider. Mm -hmm. to be a protector to be a leader 
you know, and much in the Christian faith, at least, there's right. a lot of emphasis placed on a man leading his household and everybody else submitting to that man. Right. Right. But I don't know. I'm finding now that the dialogue is changing as to what it is to be a man and is our definition of being a man too restricting to the woman around us. Hmm. Mm. You saying that and, and throwing <laughs> the fact that it's 2019 out there makes yeah. me question. Cause you know, there's all these conversations about gender roles, clearly, right? That's right. kind of what we're discussing. Like, you know, right. it's no longer for the man to provide. You know, women can do that as well. But then I start to think, well, then does that mean we need to get rid, get rid of gender roles? And if that's the case, what's the difference between a man and a woman? Is it just biological, like the biology that makes us different? Or are there other attributes of who we are as humans and the way we think and feel and respond that would identify us as men? You know, mm. or is it something we just identify within ourselves? Is there a standard of what it means to be a man? Or is it up to us as men to decide what that means for us in our lives? As a man in my life, this is what I want. This is what this means for me. And this is what I value. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, those are things I'm just throwing out there as questions because yeah. I have no idea. Yeah. That just, that just kind of threw me off. Like, wait a minute. I definitely do think like societally there is a standard. Okay. You know, especially, you know, we're still cohabitating with um the generation before us our fathers and our fathers fathers sometimes um where this idea of like you know a man needs to work and he needs to provide and he needs to do this that, and the third have his own all of these different things um and i know for sure you've had a lot of that dialogue too right mm -hmm. um so i think that that idea standard is still set by those that came before us i feel like we're re re redefining it though with the way that you know, even sexuality is, is a more, is we're having the conversation of it being fluid now, which wasn't always the case. Mm -hmm. um, but no, I definitely think like, you know, as far as providing and making money and that whole status of being a man, that, that idea is still present. But I do think it's on us to figure out what that means for us and what being a man for us means in everyday life and just even as far as relationships are concerned and all of that. Because I think it's different. I want to say that it should be something that's um, defined within a relationship the expectations, the gender norms, whatever, how y'all vibe is going to be. But I feel like it's more so just assumed, you know, in relationships particularly that this is how it's supposed to be. You know, if you're my boyfriend or you're my girlfriend or whatever the case is, you're supposed to move this way. You know, as a man, you're supposed to move, as a woman, you're supposed to move this way. And I feel like that is so confining. Mm. Um, I'm just riffing. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I guess I would ask, though, like how you were just saying, the roles always constantly change, though, but if you're in a relationship and you have your definition of this is what it means for me to be a man and this is what we've defined it in our in our relationship but when time as you get older and growth and the years go on and that changes what still makes you a man what still makes you a man i think changes yeah yeah because imagine growing up in the time where it is to provide and it is to protect and then in the midst of that relationship I don't know, you know, I don't know what year this would have to be, but things start to shift and now the woman is starting to work and starting to So you mean like thirty years from now and it's like twenty forty nine or something? Yeah. I guess. I don't know. Just the expectation has shifted. So now I mean it just it what it sounds like is we can't be stuck to these things that are ever changing because the yeah. minute that it changes, now we have lost the thing that we've attached our manhood to. Exactly. So how do we identify manhood apart from something that can change. Manhood has to be something that's established. And I think that would go back to like purpose, whatever, I'm, 
everyone's purpose is different mm -hmm. but that's the one constant thing that i think will never change about your life is your purpose mm. for being in life and i mean what so 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 tell me more about that what do you what, so what is your purpose so what is an example of what someone's purpose may be i think it's a not not to go uh uh go wherever you want to go you know you know whatever uh, if you want to <laughs> go uh, if you want to go if you want to go biblical and you want to go God created male and female. He mm -hmm. God created us, and you know, I think for me personally in my own life, I find my purpose within God, like my relationship with God, a partnership with God, like a, a continual relationship of of Him revealing things to who I am and the, and things that He wants me to to do, which is 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 to ultimately like to love each other. How how to love each other and be in, in relationships and partnerships with the people in our lives. And I find purpose in that. And that will that will never change. That would, No matter what society would say, this will make you a man, no matter what, that purpose that I find in God will never change in my own life, just as in my own life. And do you feel like that is unique to just you as a man in your relationship? Or do women also find something similar their purpose to love others and does that make them a woman like is it is it the approach of how they go about it that makes them a man make them a woman i think so i think it's how you how you go how you go about it mm. instead of uh, uh of appointing the fingers which happens a lot is you're not doing this you're uh you're supposed to be doing this. There's this idea of a man supposed to be doing this, a woman supposed to be doing that, and that that's, it's the roles have switched. Like it, it, I don't think you have to be. You don't have to. A woman doesn't have to always cook. A woman doesn't have to always clean. There's sometimes men clean. Sometimes men cook. Like it's not. I don't think it's based on the things that we do any anymore. Like I think it's it's based on our purpose and our call to uh, love each other and to do good in life rather rather you have a rather if it's biblical or not like we all know right from wrong and we know what's good what what's good for other people like we know because we know for ourselves what we do for ourselves what's yeah. good for ourselves you know do you like is there something for you i mean is this something you feel like you've operated from and knowing or is this something you feel like is like becoming more clear no this is becoming more clear okay like i'm still learning like well so tell me like give me like insight like what, what inspired situation? Yeah, all what, of this what, yeah, what is for, like what inspired this yeah um i guess what inspired this was um from being in a relationship that for me i felt was uh toxic and I say that because I feel like I became somebody who I wasn't. I was behaving and doing things that that really wasn't in line with who I really am. And I had to look at it and I had to say, I had to look at the environment and say, say that this this environment is not is not healthy for me to to be to be who I am. I'm not being I'm not being allowed to be who I am. I'm being subjected to rules and regulations of what another person's expectation or a personal definition of what I'm supposed to be as a man. Mm. So, so you're saying, um, I had a question. I really wish I would have cut you off to ask this question. Um, what expectations? Uh, expectations of being, res I would say the expectation, I think sometimes you get in relationships 
and uh you may be in a relationship with person that might be traumatized from the past they might have fears and doubts and a lot of times we can make the other person responsible for our own personal fears and traumas Mm. Is it the idea so I that think the expectation of being responsible for making someone feeling feel feeling opposite of what they feel? Like love, you love me, so that I expect that because you love me, that I'm not supposed to be fearful. I'm not supposed to feel this way. I'm not supposed to feel X, Y, and Z. Right. So you're saying that she's attributing, you know, theoretically, um, or projecting like you know, I'm going through this. I'm with you. So you're supposed to be fixing these things that are plaguing me. Right. You're supposed to make me feel better. Yeah. Right. And because I don't feel good, you're not doing your job as... As a man. Right. See, I love that. I love that because I feel like I've had situations like that with, in relationships romantically and in my friendships with women mm. where there may be a situation and I'm like, yo, this is what I feel. This is what I express. Um, and then because I express my, myself in a certain way of feeling some way, what I say makes them feel or exposes them to their own insecurity. And in that moment, it's like, no, you're taking advantage of the situation or you're not recognizing that I feel insecure. So because of that, you need to change. When realistically, I'm just sharing my truth. This is where I stand, this is what I believe. Mm. But because I'm sharing where I stand and where I believe, it makes that person aware that maybe they don't have a stance. You turn the light on in the room. Mm. I turned the light on mm. in the room, and they were yeah. like, oh, I didn't even know it was dark. Yeah. <laughs> and that was like, it's like your it's fault, because like you, you guys are in a room. You guys are in a room. You guys are cohabitating in like a studio, right? Mm. And y'all tripping over shit. Y'all keep falling over stuff. And it's like, damn, man, what is this? We don't really really know what's happening. And then you realize, oh, shit, it's a light. Let me, let me hit the switch. Oh, now the lights are on. And then you're starting to say, oh, wait, that was yours. <laughs> I was. I, I, I thought we were just falling over things that were just existed here, but that that's something that you brought. That's one of the bags you brought from a few years ago, and that's what I've been falling over, you know, and vice versa. Well, I was falling over this too, boom, boom, and now it's like y'all going back and forth yes. because you guys are now realizing all of the baggage, yeah. you know, that you guys have brought into a relationship, and y'all tripping over stuff, and and yeah, that's deep. That's a beautiful visual. That boy. really yeah. is. That's nice. Dang. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. That was good. Thank you. Hey, this is this. This whole conversation is trademarked. Um, <laughs> so uh don't use that don't use that um no i i feel like that's a, that's a good point i think um i was shaking my head a moment ago because i'm thinking like damn i know a lot of women may be feeling attacked in this episode and i know that uh and i mean attacked in a sense of like you know wanting their voices to be heard here we're definitely gonna make sure that that happens um because i'm really curious as to what the retort would be yeah um in this conversation but you know nonetheless um that's interesting. I want to ask, ask about, so identity. So you feel like, for you, Jamon, you're saying that your identity is already firmly rooted and established biblically. You know exactly, you know. Yeah. So, th so those roles set in the Bible, are, are they negotiable? Or are they non-negotiable as far as being, you being a provider, you being whatever? No, I think they are. They are. They're, they're, they're interchangeable. They're interchangeable. And mm. I think it's just, it's, it's, uh, it's gonna, of course, it's gonna be, it's gonna, it's based on the type of person that you're in a relationship with. So, so they can, it, it, it's, it, it's kind it can, of up to you. Yeah. In a way. Yeah. Now, in the, so in the relationship, you're finding that the, are you guys saying like the expectations are like already present before you est establish a relationship with this person? But, sorry, the expectations are already present before you enter a relationship with someone. 
and you guys have never established what you expect the other party to be doing and living up to. Exactly, because I, I, for the most part, I think we all meet when we and we think about romantic relationships. You you meet someone who's already in a, a pursuit of happiness for their own life, and then they they have rules and they have things that they do to cultivate what they're looking for, or what they're working towards, and then. You get into, you first meet somebody, you're happy, the bliss is great, you, you're so happy, you don't feel pain, you don't feel any misery, <laughs> and you get that high, but then when yeah. that high starts to come down, and then you behaviors kick in, then you're like, wait a minute, this this is, you're not acting the way I need you to act, because this is affecting the way, this is affecting my life, and mm -hmm. what I need to be doing, and what I need to believe, and what I expect of you is to behave this way in order for me to make it to where I'm trying to go in my life. If, if that makes sense. If you want me to break it down, I think to try to think of an uh, example. Yeah, because I don't think there's so much conscious. Like, I think those expectations it's unconscious. exist. And we just don't even know because we get in these relationships and it's like, nah. Like, for me, my last relationship, I did not know that I needed a nurturer, mm. right? To me, I just needed somebody that I thought was dope is mm -hmm. on their own pursuit of happiness as an individual, someone that isn't messy. They're clear about, you know, the things that they stand for. They know how to handle themselves in public. They look good, smell good. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? Like, of course, all the other aesthetically pleasing things. But what I was looking for was, like, someone that I felt was well-respected, has a mind, and can have great conversation and have a good time with without ever knowing that me, myself, as an individual, needs someone to be nurturing. That is nothing I would ever say that I needed in a relationship until I got out of my last relationship yeah. to realize that those key elements, as small and subtle as nurturing may be, it plays such a loud part in my life that that's the need of mine, and I can't go without that. So even me not being able to articulate that maybe showed itself in maybe how I communicated with her and the things that I did not necessarily like or the way she handled certain situations. Without that nurturing aspect, maybe felt a little strong, a little distant, a little combative. Mm. But because I didn't know how to mention the word nurturing or present it in a way that was understandable, I may have been holding her to a standard. You know what I mean? For sure. Of, For sure. You're not doing what you're supposed to do as a girlfriend, yeah. as a woman. So I feel like we're having that same conversation but on the flip, but I'm able to understand it on my end where I'm in the wrong in pushing that upon a woman. I mean, it's like going to Sears and like, you know, Sears? Not even Sears. Sears don't exist. I just love Sears. <laughs> That's why I said it. Um, but no, like not even Sears, like a like a Ashley's Furniture or something, mm -hmm. right? And knowing that I need a table, right? Mm -hmm. I want a table and I want it to look nice and I want it to be brown because I love things that are brown, right? Me too. You're going to find a lot of brown tables, mm -hmm. but the idea is what kind of table do you need? Do you need a coffee table? Do you need a dinner table? Do you need a desk so you can like work at the table, you know? And we know, I think, I think it has to be further investigation as to what exactly do we need going into a relationship. First of all, I think identity, who, who am I? Right. You know what I mean? What do I do? What is my function? You know, what areas do I operate in? As a father, you know, that means I need a woman to exemplify these qualities. You know, as an actor, I need a woman to have these qualities. You know, for, as a father, I may need somebody that is nurturing. I may need someone that does like kids. I, need, I may need someone who is a good communicator, who is unselfish, right? As an uh, actor, I may need someone that's patient with my crazy, ever-changing schedule. I may need someone who understands that, you know, I'm not on all the time. Sometimes I am going to be entertaining and funny and, and wild, and other times I'll be chilling 
relax and this, that, and the third. You know, I may need someone who is comfortable with my relationship to other women, mm. right? Doesn't mean I'm gonna be like cheating or having sex with these women, you know, but I'm gonna be fluid. Like, I'm gonna be chilling, I'm gonna be going out with my girlfriends, going out with my guy friends. There might be times where I may be kicking it in a hotel room with another woman because we stay at the hotel, same hotel and we're just vibing. Mm. You know, she may also be in a relationship and it may be completely platonic and safe, but I need you to understand the dynamics and how things go in this industry. You may need to understand that I may end up kissing a girl. But it's gonna be on camera and you know for my thing, but oh, yeah. that's just part of my business. I'm like, damn, that's a loud expectation. I hear you. But it's just like me, if I understand my function and, and, and who I am, you know, what I do, then I can start to tailor, you know, what I need a- around that. But a lot of us don't do, and I say us, me, me mainly, you know, um, speaking for myself, you know, I, I haven't normally done that that investigation, just like what you're saying, is yeah. I'm looking like, man, I need a girl that look good, that smell good, somebody that that can have good conversation. And a good vibe, so I can kick it and have fun with. Boom. And there are a lot of girls. There's that fall into that say, category. a lot of women like that. That's, that's so many. Lot. You can literally probably date any one of your friends, and they exemplify those very superficial qualities. Mm-hmm. But when you do some further investigation as to what do you need specifically, then you're gonna find out that every girl can't provide that. Right. Right. Every girl, every girl, you know, I mean, she she does look good and smell good, but she's not patient. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or you know, she doesn't really get what I do. You know, she needs more attention than than I have to give, you know, at some moments. I love how you broke that down in the areas. Because you said it earlier, you were like, yeah. I need somebody that understands I'm a father, understands that I'm an actor. Yeah. And then you went back. Because I thought about it. That was good. <laughs> I just wanted to say that was good because you painted the picture. <laughs> no, much like, I thought about it. I'm like, yo, what, is that, what does that mean? To yeah, people that what does that mean? Really get it. So, mm-hmm. but no, I really believe that. So I think when you talk about, you know, these women, man, you know, we say women because we're, we're all heterosexual males and that's what we want. But <laughs> <sounds so weird>. <laughs> <laughs> here's me trying to be politically correct. But, um, <laughs> you know, I think I think that 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 specificity is important, man, mm. because without that, it's like, you know, you're just like you're literally throwing a rock in the club mm-hmm. and you're going to take home whatever you say. Ow. <laughs> <laughs> say it again. No, you have some great analogies. <laughs> you're a rock in the club and you're just waiting for somebody to say, ow. Um, I'm going to take hey, that's, that's, that's hey, the that one. That's the one. <laughs> Don't touch it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, that's why. So again, I guess to take it back to the top, um, I think it's identity. Yeah. You know, I think that informs your purpose. And I think your purpose informs the type of woman that, you know, mm. you should seek or man, mm-hmm. whatever the case is. Yeah. Um, but I feel like all that stuff is it's on a spectrum, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not, you know, it's very dependent on the person. I got different needs than both of y'all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? One of the, the, the highest need that I have as far as a woman is... How are you with kids? Long term. You know what I mean? Right. Girls I'm just hanging out with, we having fun, whatever. That doesn't matter. Hanging You're out, not having fun. Her. What do you mean by that? No, because <laughs> <laughs> Is this acting? <laughs> <laughs> but no, but as far as like long term, man, how are you like, you know, are you gonna be able to help me raise this this little girl? Are you gonna be able to give her things that, you know, can help um her process, you know, her maturation? Um mm. so yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So for me, I'm gonna reel it back just a little bit. I think as a child, we we grew up and we learned how to love. We learned from a place of need, and and growing up, I feel like m- at least my mother, she didn't teach me communication. I learned how to love from behavior. Like she did not teach you communication, how right? So? Like how to communicate what I need. Mm-hmm. I learned how to communicate what I needed through my behavior. Like. My mom, 20, probably around my age, like 27, 28, 29, t- two boys, 
at that point, my stepfather and uh, mother's relationship at Wiz End, he's not at home, so she's working like two jobs. Wait, so your parents split up and got back together? Yeah, yeah. After how many years? Uh, they got married in what, 1993. I was like five. Um, they split up at least like a couple times and got back together. Now they're back together on the home, super happy, been together for at least, I guess, uh, I guess like the last. 10, 15 years. So how long, like, uh, you said back and forth, but how long was, you know, how long was any of those periods of not being together? Yeah, like, you uh, know, so years. they when you were five. Like, when, when, uh, so when they no, they, they got married when I was five. Mm-hmm. They sp- split when I probably was, like, uh, 13, 13. And then what were they back on, like, now? Then they got back on for a little bit when I was maybe, like, 21, 22. Wow. Then off again. And now they've been together since I was like 25 so I wow. guess like they've been together like almost solid for the last 10 years That's they had wild. solid years apart my yeah. aunt my aunt and uncle are like that they were they had really? a kid and they weren't together for like 20 years and got back together so I just want to send a message out to all my exes out there <laughs> No, but <laughs> that's deep. That's deep. That's super sidebar. Yeah, I was just yeah, kidding. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, super crazy. sidebar, but we need to unpack that a little that's bit. Great. Wow. Yeah. That's perspective. So she was gone a lot, and I needed I needed attention. I needed love. Mm. And so I didn't know how to communicate that. So what I learned to do was I would clean the house so when she come home, she wouldn't have to do anything. Then she could spend time with me. Wow. But instead, she would go go out and have a life because she needed a life. How I, you old know, were you when you did this? Uh, that was probably right when I was like 13, 14. And you were conscious that if I clean the house, she's going to hang out with you. Yeah, I know I needed to I needed to create an, an a space and environment where she could have time to give me what I needed. Wow. But I didn't know how to communicate that in words. I only knew how to communicate that in behavior. And then so when it wasn't recognized and I didn't get what I needed, I became frustrated. And I think that same example applies even in our, my adulthood is – I'm doing this to get love. I'm, I'm getting. I'm doing this for you so you can be able to give me attention and give me love. And then, when a person doesn't recognize that, I get frustrated because mm. I learned. I learned how to love out of uh, by doing things like behavior. Mm. I'm behaving this way so you can love me. I'm behaving this so you. But that's not how you talk to people. You have to yeah. use communication. But I never learned that. I never. Well, learned you, you do and you don't. I feel like it's it's an emphasis on communication, right? Right. But I feel like it depends on who you're dealing with. If somebody else speaks that same language, they recognize mm. it. They understand it. Oh, right, right, You know what I'm saying? Right. But if they don't, then, yeah, you have to use different words. It was like um, I was talking to uh, Lisa. Mm-hmm. Um, like my, she's pretty much like my aunt, right? Talking to her. And um, we were talking about, like, you know, she's like, yeah, you, your dad loves you. Like, your dad really loves you, blah, 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 this and the third, right? I said, yeah, I'm sure he does. But, you know, does he love us the way that we need to be loved? You know, you saying that you love my daughter doesn't articulate to her or me that you love her, right? Speaking mm-hmm. from my father to, to, mm-hmm. to my daughter, Madison, right? It's, it's different than that. You know, me loving my daughter is cool, but if I'm not loving her in the way that she needs to be loved, it's not going to mean anything, right? So what does love look like to that person, you know? Because, um, you know, this situation where he cut my brother off or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, we were talking about, um, I was like, you know, he says that he um, has done a lot for, for Duran, right? Okay, whatever. But has he done the things that Duran needs? Like, how many times has he tried to love him in his way? How many times has he picked him up and took him out to, to lunch mm-hmm. or dinner? How many times has he took, took him to the movies? You know, I was like, speaking for myself, mm-hmm. like, you know, we've gone to a movie, you know, zero times. We've never gone to the movies, just me and him. You know, we go to eat now because of me, you know, because I do that. And he'll say that 
I taught him how to love in some ways because I would always say, Dad, why don't you tell me you love me? Or, you know, I would always ask for hugs and things like that. And I showed him how to love in that way because he wasn't used to that, mm -hmm. that, that kind of affection. So my thing is if you're cognizant of that, how come you can't note it and learn how to implement that kind of behavior to the people that you love? Mm. You know, so I say that, you know, it's a, a long about way of saying that I think it's about, the you individual. know, yeah, an individual right. and finding out how to love them specifically. What do they need? Right. You know, and a softball ex uh, example could be even sexually. Right. Right. You know, a lot of times people, you know, get into those type of relationships and it's not really articulated what that person likes. You're just trying stuff and trying to figure out and you go based on behavior. Mm -hmm. But you also can, you know, give somebody the answer to the test. You know, mm -hmm. if you're dating somebody in a relationship, yo, these I like the things these things. I'm looking for, yeah. Yeah. yeah, these are the things yeah. that, yeah. You mentioned that sometimes we learn to love out of a need. Right. So it almost sounds like there, there is that role. We talk about identity of mm -hmm. understanding where we are to then communicate first with ourselves what we're looking for. Right. To then go out and be able to communicate that with someone else. Yeah. But like even in that piece of like understanding what we need, it's like we have to first recognize that we're operating from a place, place of need. need. We yeah. have to recognize where we are first. So we mm -hmm. can go through this journey of searching for what we want and what we identify with and what we like. But we have to be able to almost unlearn the things that we've learned that kind of mm. set us in this deficit model of searching for fillers to the voids that kind of been created around our experiences and environments. Mm -hmm. So that's really that's really deep when you say like you learn behavior. So when you say that like in your current relationship and you're operating from a place of behavior, that's that's something you're saying that you you realize yeah. now. Yeah. Like okay. So as you say, you realize that now. In what ways, like I, I'm pretty much asking you to paint the picture. Like, mm -hmm. what does that look like? Operating in a place, in a relationship now, where you're operating from behavior, looking for love, and how did you find yourself in a place where you are now to recognize a need to better communicate that? Well, well before that, where are you now? When you say where I'm at, where? Like, in, like in the, so we're talking about relationships. Right. So... Are you in a relationship now, or I'm not in a relationship? Is it, right is now. Like so, not, what? It, like what? Right it, like, now what does it say on Facebook? Is it is it in a relationship? Well, it's complicated. I haven't been on Facebook in probably My 20 God. years, but uh, it, would probably, it would it would say it would say single. It would okay. say single. It would say single. Okay. okay. I just I want to yeah, put yeah. that out there before. No, uh, I'm. Can you? I kind of like I like that question too. I mean, you up? answer yeah. however you want, but it's yeah. all, it's, a, it's a mix. I love that. Yeah. Oh yeah, go for it. Go oh, for it. <laughs> okay. um, right now I'm in, I'm in a place of understand, learning to understand myself better. Because I I recognize I have needs, but I haven't I haven't learned why I have those needs. I need to understand where those needs come from. Well, what what needs? Like needs for. Uh, uh, my love language is words of affirmation. I, I, Javon, you're doing a really good job right now. I love, I love, I love being communicated with words. Like I don't, I don't, I don't really care about gifts. I don't really care about um, a lot of other things. But what you say to me is the most important thing to me. That mm. that is the thing that will stick with me for the rest of my life. The way you talk to me, the words you use, because that's the way I grew up. I grew up around uh, five five aunties and a very loving uh, grandmother who built me up through words of love. Mm. And so I recognize now, like I need to be in an environment where positive words are being used. Like if neg negativity 
and negative words make me shut down. And I have to learn how do I not shut down even when there are negative words sometimes. How do, how do I, how do I, how do I get, how do I get past the need of saying, oh, I don't need to be here because there, this is something that I don't need in my life. How do you, how do you, how do you understand yourself enough to still protect your own, I guess, identity or your own, your own happiness and still be in a relationship? Because I think a lot of times we, we run, I run, I shut down and I run because I feel like certain actions or behaviors will make me act a certain way. And then I blame it on that, that, that behavior instead of saying, no, it's me. I need to figure out how I can still, I need to understand myself well enough to know who I still am and not behave the way, react the way I'm reacting. I feel attacked. Yeah. I feel attacked. <laughs> you feel that's, attacked that's over good. peace. Because you said that you find yourself running, right? And that's the yeah. way I feel like I've realized that in situations, and it's so funny for multiple reasons. Yeah. A little bit of background, you know, we have an episode, my daddy broke up with me, right? Mm. My dad and I got into it. Uh, you know, he basically cut me off. He cut off his brothers, his mom, you know, his cut daughter. off everybody. Mm. And I, with because of that behavior, I knew that it would only be a matter of time before I probably say or do something that makes him feel like he needs to cut me off. And to me, I don't feel like that's an appropriate way of handling the situation. One, mm. because, you know, it's just a relationship. We got to talk about it. Let's figure it out. Um, but as of late and me understanding my dad a lot more, I've come to a place where I can understand who he is and forgive him for just his not knowing of how that communicates to me and put myself in a position where I don't allow his disconnect to define me or make me feel like mm -hmm. I'm personally attacked. Mm -hmm. However, on the flip side of my personal life, when I'm dealing with people and I feel like they're creating an environment that makes me uncomfortable or could potentially put me in a situation that isn't um, in line with who I see myself to be, I'm gonna give them an opportunity to leave. And me communicating that they have an opportunity to leave is enough to be like, oh, Terry doesn't care. He says, after the relationship, you go on to do your own thing. And if I feel like that person isn't receptive to understanding that I'm letting them know that this environment isn't good for me, then I'm gonna cut them off anyway. Because if they're gonna be willing to stay around and create this environment that could be hostile, they're not conscious of how that could impact me. So I find myself almost pushing people away or giving them the opportunity to be pushed away when realistically that's me almost recreating the same environment that my dad is creating in his life. Mm. So it's so eye-opening to me to be like, yo, I need to find a better way to communicate that, you know what, this makes me uncomfortable or this makes me upset or this makes me feel less than when you communicate this and give that person opportunity and understanding to correct their behavior, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Or to come to a place where we can come to an understanding where maybe their lack of understanding where I am doesn't um, threaten who I am and my own perception of my own mm -hmm. self. Because I feel like that's kind of like a little bit of what and you with said. With the like, shutdown is you, you, feel, you feel like you have to protect who you yeah, are. Yeah, so yeah. So in protecting yourself, you're like, get out of my space. Yes, in protect, exactly. In protecting myself, I said get out of my space as opposed to how can I keep my myself and my space protected even with this person here mm -hmm. to the point where I don't feel like I need them to be removed from me to maintain who I am. Mm -hmm. That's that a changes the responsibility. It changes responsibility to yourself. So it's like yeah. if, if you make them the problem, mm -hmm. right? 
you're the reason why I feel this way, mm-hmm. right? If it's that approach, once I remove you, I no longer feel this way yeah. and everything's great. Yeah. As opposed to learning and discovering how to manage your emotions and behave and articulate yourself in a way that regardless of how you're acting, I'm still, I'm still me. Yeah. I'm still on the same vibe. 100%. So now you can stay. I can deal with this emotion, figure out how to, how to manage it for myself and still learn how to deal with you and bring you to where I need to be. But the issue I think is... <laughs> I feel like us as men <laughs> can do a better job about having, like, really having expectations going into relationships and really defining what we want, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like we hide behind this idea of I'm just chilling, you know? I don't really know what I want to do right now. I'm just kind of taking it easy, taking it one day at a time. I don't know if I want a relationship or, or what I want to do. So we take this stance and protect ourselves in that way, but in doing so, we never define the relationship, and in not defining the relationship, we don't ever give it uh, a safe place to grow. So the woman that we're dealing with sometimes are Dang. holding back because yeah. she doesn't know if I can grow with you. Yeah. You, you, mm. you told me that you don't know if we're, we're growing together. Yeah. You don't know, mm. I, don't, I don't know what we're doing, so I gotta relax. I can't really grow and become what you're waiting for me to become so we could be together because you said that, hey, we're chilling. We're just mm. chilling. You know? But here I am giving of myself you know, giving you these amenities that you shouldn't even really be getting because I care about you. And I'm hoping that, you know, in this way, I can still get you to, you know, mm-hmm. um, to want me back, right? But I feel like once we define the relationships, first of all, once we identify whether or not this is something that should go forward, mm-hmm. you know, as opposed to just like milking the situation, you know, really deciding whether we go forward or not is, I think, on us in a way. But once we define what that relationship is and where it's going to go, I feel like then, you know, we're able to, to, to really give it room to commit. And say, like, yo, like, you know, regardless, we're going to figure this out and work this out. You know what I mean? You made me feel this way. All right, let me deal with how I feel. And let's deal with, you know, uh, what the situation is. And really grow, you know, with good faith. Mm-hmm. I've never done that. Can you communicate what that was when you hit the table? <laughs> Can you communicate that? Well, this is, this is, this is me, like, thinking about this. Because, I mean, I, I got This is me being honest with myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in a place for many years where there's there have been women I've dated where subconsciously I've identified that this isn't what I want, right? You're not the one for me, but let me just chill and just, and just see. Maybe I'm tripping. In the back of my mind, I know this isn't what I want. That's why I don't want to be with you. Mm. you know, but instead of me you know, taking that and really metabolizing it, I allow myself to stay in the situation and be in the relationship with them, hoping that I'm going to magically, mystically one day be like, oh, yeah, I want you, and that doesn't happen. And then what I do as I wait for a situation to happen, softball, right? I wait for you to say the one wrong thing, and I take that completely left, and now we're arguing. And now that we're arguing, I have a reason to not be in a relationship because we had a fight, you know, because that's much easier to me telling you, hey, you know what? I'm not really feeling this situation for myself right now. I think we should just kind of pump the brakes. Um, I don't know if this is what I want right now, you know, and that's just where I am, you know, because that's just too hard. I got to hurt somebody. I don't want to do that. I'd rather argue with you and then get out, you know? So that's what all of that is. It's a I'd rather hurt you and you think that it may be, and I'm speaking from my perspective. I'm not, I'm not okay. judging you for yeah. the record. This is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather hurt you, and this isn't conscious or, or intentional. I'd rather hurt you and you not be sure who's hurting who mm. than for me to let you know and communicate this is where I am and you know that it's me making that decision. Like, 
to be in a situation and there just be like this uncertainty of, well, I guess it just didn't work, then to take the responsibility, if this is the case, to communicate this isn't what I want. I think it's just a, a very, um, for me, makes me uncomfortable because it makes me feel as though this person now has the potential to have some type of disdain for me as a person because I made the decision to move forward in a way that resulted in hurt. And I think that, even if it hurts in the moment, doesn't last the same. They actually respect me more because I took the time to communicate to them something honest versus leaving them in a place where there's all this frustration, lack of clarity, and just annoyance with the situation altogether that now it's just a tainted relationship. We can't even talk or be friends. Like, that, that's, that's very loud to me as I hear it because it's like, dang, what does that role really look like? Because then I also hear conversations with women where they're like, well, we can't tell dudes that we want a relationship because they'll run and they'll do this or they'll beat around the bush. And we're strong. We could take it. We'd rather you tell us straight up than to lie to us. And women say that all the time. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. But now that I'm sitting here thinking about it, I'm like, hmm, maybe. Because I've never tried it. I've never tried I, to I be never have either. up front and be like, you know what? Because I sometimes just feel like that conversation happens too soon. Like Which conversation? The like, you know, what is it that you're looking for? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. What is it that you want from me? I think I think it's the heart in which it ha- has had, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of times that conversation is had in like a um, an aggressive way, as far as like, you know, what I'm saying like like you know, do we want the same things? If not, let me let me get my shit and go. Yeah. You know, as opposed to that's really being open with the idea of like, what is it that you you want? Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean, what what is it that you're looking for? And then finding out if this relationship is something that you know, can be conducive to that, you know? And also, a lot of times, we just do do everything backwards because we're in our 20s, and, you know, you enter a sexual relationship before you enter even a friendship. Mm. <sighs> I was, I'm, I'm glad you said friendship because I was just, I was like, oh, I, I have a question. Is like, do we as men and women both need to be more intentional about cultivating friendships before we even get yes. to relationships? Yes. I say 100%. Yes. I say, so this is, I really want to unpack that, but I realized something very, and this isn't game in no way, shape, or form. This is honest. I find it's more beneficial if I find, let's say I find a woman that I find I'm interested in, and I follow her on Instagram. It's a lot more um, substance to the relationship if I follow her, and that's it. I may see her posts for months. And I finally see a post, maybe on her story, of something that I like. It may be a book. It may be an event she's at. It may be something she's doing for work. And I can comment, yo, where do you work? Oh, okay, what's up? I'm finding out about her. Yo, I read that book too. What did you think about it? Oh, man, what's that podcast you're listening to? Oh, okay, cool. Now, mind you, this is a woman I'm interested in. She has no idea. All I'm doing is vetting. I'm talking to her. Not so much with, like, with an, any ulterior motive, but I'm just getting to know her. I'm communicating what her norms are because I don't know her beyond anything else. That, to me, builds a little bit more rapport. So even if I am interested in taking her out, I can hit her up, and maybe there's a little bit more understanding because we've shared similar interests thus far. Mm. That, to me, is light in cultivating some type of friendship. Of course, you know, there's many other aspects and variables you have to consider, but just for the sake of the example, that does a lot more than if I were to just follow her and hit her up, like, yo, you look fire. What's good? Now she's taken to me in a way that, oh, this dude likes me and I don't know him, so now she has to put her guard up and deal with me from this perspective of this dude may try to get at me. And even if he is talking about books and all that, he's already let me know he likes me, so he's probably only doing that because he's trying to get with mm. me versus mm. the other way around where I don't show my hand. 
not in a manipulative not in a manipulative manner but in order to give that relationship its opportunity to grow in a way that's most fruitful right. i hate that i just said that <laughs> but it's so real yeah no it, it is real because even when you get when you get to the relationship aspects so fast when you're really invested and you really like somebody you unconsciously put up this guard because you yourself know you're worth loving you know you're a great person so you kind of dim yourself down in hopes that you don't make this person not like you or not see your worth mm. and i think when and when you build a friendship first there's there's this environment where you can be fully yourself you get to know each other at a great level that you wouldn't if you just rushed into a relationship because when you rush into a relationship you end up sometimes unconsciously hiding yourself because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. like you kind of got to maintain what you've put out exactly and ah yeah you gotta stay in character yeah like you're acting out a movie role i mean a lot of times i feel like a lot of times with relationships i feel like if, if like with this I don't believe a romance, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You nodded your head so hard and no words came out. You brought the mic up. I, I was so confused. I, no, I, I agree. I, yeah. I'm on that same page. I don't believe a romance, right? Now, that doesn't mean that, you know, I'm not going to be romantic or do things that are romantic or whatever. We can't go on dates. I'm not going to buy you flat. That doesn't mean that. But I don't believe in romance in the sense of I feel like that is the focal point of a relationship that is sexual being romantic with one another, mm -hmm. going on dates, flowers, vacations, bagels, right? But that is not sustainable. Bagels. <laughs> <laughs> that is not sustainable at all, right? right? There's no way to sustain romance. Ain't no movie romantic the whole way through. You know, they get in an argument, they break up, they didn't know each other, they just met. Like, it's a lot of other things that go on. The romance part of any film is probably like 15 minutes of like an hour and 20. When it's all cute and shit. Wow. Right? Mm -hmm. yeah, really think yeah, about it. Like yeah, really like, yeah, like, yeah. like the notebook. The notebook was romantic for like the first 30 minutes. Yeah. Well, not even the first 30. The first 10, 15 minutes was him trying to pull up. She curved the hell out of him. Right? The next like 30 minutes is them like in love and great, their first time, everything's beautiful. And then after that, it's like another hour of them with different people. One person likes the other person more. The other person likes the other person more. Then at the end, they old and one don't even remember you. Like it's not the whole the movie's romantic, but in real life, go ahead. Now I was gonna say, yeah. And that, that idea was very toxic in reality. Yeah. Because then it's like he got her and you're like, oh, that's love. Cause he got her. They right. together now, that's love. Mm. And that's not love. No. I mean, only and only parts people really think about is the that thirty minutes of them being in love. Is that yeah. what you want to say? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like where our minds go. Like we mm -hmm. remember these high points, these high moments. Because even in relationships, when we're thinking about you getting to know somebody, it's those times where you're up on the phone for three hours mm -hmm. that you remember and it feels yeah. good. And when things start to shift, what do you like? What is often compared? It's compared to those early those stages early times. when it was beautiful, when it was romantic. Yeah. So even you saying I don't believe in romance, I'm kind of looking like, hmm? yeah, like unpack <laughs> that. Yeah, it's and a then, very aggressive way for me yeah. to make my point. Like, yeah. right. Of course, I do believe in romance to a degree. So I'm still yeah, going to do romantic shit, right? But at the same time, it's like, That's you not know, the definition of love. It's not. That's not the definition yeah. of a relationship. It's not sustainable. You know, when you think about marriages, I was watching a documentary on, um, on Netflix, and it was talking about how marriages were a political stance, pretty much. Back in the day, you know, you've got, you know, House Ross and House Bell, mm -hmm. right? You know, you got a son, I got a daughter. No, I got a son, you got a daughter, because I ain't married off my daughter. Yeah. But I got a son, I got a, I got a, I got a son, you got a daughter, right? So to join houses, to create this allegiance, what I'm going to do, 
is I'm a you know you know I'm gonna try to marry my son to your daughter. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. now now our houses are aligned, right? And if my son's over there taking care of your daughter, your daughter's over here in my kingdom. You gonna you gonna want us to be fortified and taken care of too, because you got you know you've got uh, stake here. You got yeah, interest yeah, over here, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's that political thing, That's joining houses, you know, or you know um, you know building um, even wealth in a way. You know, there's a way where you need it. You need to have a family and have kids to help work and help you know produce and you know and and uh, you know whatever kind of you know uh what's the word product or whatever that you're doing you mm. know like you know to support your economy yeah, you know yeah, you know, yeah. support your house so it was a political thing for a while you know and then it's a business too now you look at jay-z and beyonce it only makes sense that they be together because this there's not a lot of people that are at their level business-wise they are two of the greatest to ever do it you know what i mean so you know it's an economic and a business thing it is a you know, a way to join houses and like, you know, a social, you know, social thing, you know, as it was way back when. But it's so many different things. But to put it into like, you know, today's world, you know, more effectively, you know, you think about your business and your brands. You know what I mean? What kind of woman do you need, you know, to fit your brands? You know, Tarek, Jaman, Antonio, you know, what, you know, can help, you know, family wise with your kids and your family who fits into that world? You know, who fits in with you socially, you know? And who can you have shorthand with, you know? One reason why I am less inclined to date outside my race is because I don't want to lose all my shorthand conversation, you know? Break that down for those who understand what that means. Right. So let's say we're talking about um, Drake. Yeah. <laughs> Drake. Yeah, yeah. Right? You know. Like, why are you talking like that? I don't understand. I don't, why why'd you say it like that? Wait. Yeah. Who, who, yeah. Oh, well, Soldier Boy did it in an interview. and Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Soldier Boy. Uh, yeah, so, 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 uh, Soldier Boy's a rapper. Um, you know, he had a song called, called Crank That Soldier Boy. It was, it was a, it was a dance yeah. that, that we did. And I don't yeah, want to have to go through get all too that. Much context. Yeah. yeah. You know, I don't want to have to bring you up to speed of what it's like to grow up black in, you know, whatever area we grew up in or what it's like to grow up in LA or, you know, whatever the case is, you know, or bring you into my world, my business as a, as an actor, you know, if you are my equal in entertainment, you know, as far as you're introduced to it, you know, that world a little bit. You know, if I talk about going on an audition, you know what that means. If I talk about, you know, when I'm working on set, it's been a long day. It's a lot of, you know, just uh, hurry up and wait. You know what that expression means because you're in that world. Right. You know, but to have to, you know, lose all of that shorthand conversation, you know, to be at a party and they play um, back that ass up <laughs> and you're just like chilling. Like, that's not okay for me. <laughs> that's not okay. <laughs> that's funny. That's a requirement. Like, I want you to feel what I felt when I yeah. first heard that song 12 years ago, 13 yeah. years ago. I want that to mean something to you. And and I and I think even listening to that and hearing it sounds very like harsh because you know I, I hate the, the the times we're in where it feels like you got to be so thorough and give so much context, but I think when you really think about the work that it required to kind of fill somebody and bring them up to speed, it's energy that's being put into a relationship yeah, a lot that of could take away from the energy that can be spent loving and connecting. There's a mm-hmm. lot of explaining and it's exhausting, and I mm-hmm. think. You know, even when I think about my past relationship, even in all that I've shared as far as like running away and not taking the time to communicate, that doesn't even I thought he apply. Thought you meant run away from home. Nah, like finding myself in situations or friendships where I kind of put that out there as an option. Um, more so, it's really up to us in this making the decision because I think often we're looking for an answer as to what well, this is the person, mm-hmm. what well, this is the person I, I love. No, it's like more so. Where do you choose to be? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because like, for me, ultimately, love is a choice. Like, can I choose every day to love you despite what the weather's like? Yeah. Can I make that choice? And that 
that's kind of why I asked about the friendship thing because uncensored Antonio. Uh, <laughs> there's a woman that I had a friendship with that I, I'm to this day still in love with. And I recently texted her and I said, I'm glad that we never had sex because I thought like, if I ever get back with her, when we finally reunite, it's gonna be so much more powerful, the fact that we never had sex, wow. that my connection to you is not based on sex. It's based on us being friends and understanding each other, having the same interests and uh, cultivating an environment where we can be fully us. We can go do what we need to do and, and recognize that we still love each other. Just because we're not together doesn't mean we don't love each other. Damn. I love that. I'm sitting here like I'm, I'm like perplexed right now because all these ideas and concepts of just the role we all play. And once again, that level of intention and really breaking down relationships because it's easy to be in a space where we just kind of let things happen. Oh, I met a chick. Let me hit her up. Okay, she wants to go out. Let's just do it. Why not? I'm fluid. I'm like, I'm open. I'm not against relationships. I'm not open for a relationship. I'm down to go kick it. I ain't got nothing else to do. But even being in those spaces, it's like, what am I there for? What am I really looking for? Am I lonely? Do I just want some attention? You know, and if that is the case and she asks me, what is it I'm looking for? How do I communicate that? I'm just in a space where I really want some companionship. Is that going to be offensive? You know what I'm saying? So how do I present this in a way that doesn't come off wrong but still gets what I want? How do, how do I identify where I am first? It's like we got to really take time because it's one thing to be like, oh, you got to know yourself. You got to love yourself. But it's one thing to say it and it's another thing to really put in the work and time yeah. to have conversations like this. Yeah. Like you mentioned on another podcast, to do research and figure out the things that we're into and why. Reading up. Let me go read up on how people deal with loneliness or how people yeah. deal with breakups. I've never looked that up before, yeah. but I'm dealing with breakups. Yeah. Right? I was in a relationship recently. I didn't take any time to look at the impact that it could have or what are some of the residual effects. Maybe I'm looking to be with somebody right away because I don't know what to do with this energy that I have that I once had a place to express and open up to somebody and be vulnerable mm -hmm. but i'm just like i'm just let, letting life teach me which isn't a problem but why not do the extra step in making sure that i'm doing it in a healthy manner you know what i'm saying so that's like my challenge for myself right now yeah, just i mean i think it's important because here's the thing is like you know you and i both have bookshelves loaded with books the graveyard <laughs> <laughs> you know we've got the internet at our, at our disposal so there's no excuse not to find the information now you know what I mean? Like, we got YouTube, you've got so many different outlets. You know, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if I want to learn something, I got to go to the library. You know what I'm saying? And go search through books and talk to the librarian and figure out where this information's at. But now we've got so much information at our fingertips. But instead, we choose to pacify ourselves with Instagram, mm -hmm. you know? And we sit on, on IG, you know, and look at photos all day and laugh at these funny videos because that's a way for us to pacify ourselves and not think. As opposed to using that time, 10 minutes, you know, that article, article I sent y'all, one is seven minutes long and one is like 10 minutes long, 12 minutes long. You can spend 10 minutes and read something and learn something new in the time that Instagram says I spend over an hour and a half on Instagram every day. And I'll be, bro, my, my, my notification come up, you spend an hour. I'm like, damn, how did, within an hour, <laughs> let's yeah, open this, bro, I just <laughs> open this. <laughs> what the hell you mean an hour? Exactly. Damn. But what would that look like if we took that time to start to learn different things? you know, um, and learn about ourselves, you know? So I think, and I think that's important. I think investigating who I am, what I want, what I need is, is extremely important asking yourself those questions because I would argue if you're listening to this podcast, 
no one's ever asked that question. What do you want? What do you need? What do you like? What are you looking for right now? You know, and I feel like in asking yourself those questions and being honest with yourself to say, you know what, right now I just want to have fun. Mm-hmm. I want to get out of here, have a good time, and, and, and just experience. I'm yeah. going to take this time to eat very, very bad is what I'm going to do, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I think that goes back to what you were saying, too, how you were in a situation where you knew it wasn't what you wanted, but you stayed. And I think that's probably prob- um, part of the problem is we need to do what you're saying. We do need to identify f- what we want. That way, when we recognize what we don't want, we don't delay ourselves into situations and circumstances that we don't have to be in because we tr- we're waiting to see, well, maybe this will be what I want. Mm. No. You don't even waste the time. Yeah, exactly. For what? You don't. Exactly. Like, like if, I know, if I know these are the things I need from a woman, right? Her being cute is no longer enough. Right? Mm-hmm. Most right. women I pull up on is because she's just cute. Oh, man, she look good. So I'm sexually attracted to you. You know, not physically, but just sexually, right? Mm-hmm. I'm attracted to you. So it's like you're an option. She in the game because I'm attracted to her. Not to go further to say, who is she? Where does she come from? What does she do? You know, how does she fit into my life? You know what I mean? And that's why, you know, when I say romance is dead, it's like it's a matter of, you know, understanding what you want and if you can deal with that person that other 90% of the time. If you look at romance and sexual relations, that's probably less than 10% of your day with that person. Yeah. What's the 90% of the, you know, conversations you're having, where you guys go, what you guys eat, what you talk about, what you guys watch together, the way in which you guys spend time, man. What is, what is the meat of the relationship? You know, as opposed to just that, that those, those, those fleeting moments, because it's not sustainable. You know, so that's a conversation I'm having with myself now um, and, and trying to really understand um, what my relationship's going to be. Because another thing I've realized, and I said this before, is there are a number of friends that I've had where our relationship has not changed because we've dealt with each other sexually. You know what I mean? So it's like, damn, am I going to keep losing friends because... <laughs> I got cute friends and I want to pull up when, you know, long term, like, I'd rather just talk to you, you know, and you're just a good person to be around. And yeah, you're cute, but you're not the one for me. You know what I mean? You're not, I don't need to be with you. I don't need to have sex with you because you're cute. You know what I mean? Let me not do that because I respect our friendship so much, you know, because none of us are being honest with ourselves in these situations. We talk about women, you know, we date and they want a relationship. They know I want a relationship and they'll tell you that, right? But they're still cool with us not being together and doing whatever because they like us, right? That woman in that situation isn't being honest with themselves. That dude that doesn't want a relationship, right, quote, unquote, you know, but is still kicking it with the girl that does want a relationship, it may not be that he don't want a relationship. He just may not want one with that particular girl, you know, or at that particular time, you know. And if it's that girl, you shouldn't be dealing with him, Tony. You know, if it's that particular time, then you should just be posted and learning more, growing, chilling, or even just be honest with the, the fact that this time is bad. So no matter what we do in, at, at this period, it's not a good look for us. Mm, you know, that's, that's just too honest. That's a, that's a high call. Man, I know. That's such a high call. I know call. it. It's hard. I know it. it it's, it's hard to face reality. But it's the one thing we don't want to face is the ugliness of reality. Because it's, it's ugly. That's, that's why social media is thriving the way it is. Because it, it's a facade to, to ignore reality. Makes it look good. Yeah. Makes it look real yeah. good. And I, I love how you say pacifier. I think about a pacifier, literally. I'm crying because I'm sad. Or I'm crying because I'm upset. I'm yelling because of this. I'm yelling because of that. But I can just go on Instagram real quick and the pacifier. 
would just shut me up. I'm not thinking about crying anymore because I have something mm-hmm. to distract me. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't got to really deal with life. I don't got to spend time reading anything because it's taken care of. That's weak. Yeah. That's weak. That's just wild, man. That's really wild. Um, so, so Jermon, you talked about better understanding ourselves to properly communicate in relationships. So you learned a lot of that through dealing with your mother. Yeah. Right? Um, about better understanding. So how's that articulated now in your relationships or going forward? Um, I think it, it goes back to understanding that. Actually, scratch that. No, dumb yeah, question. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. I want to know. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you said about your, your, your needs, you talked about... Um, you talked about um, your need for words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a situation where you like articulated like these are the things that that work for me? Is that a dialogue that happens normally with which both of y'all actually? Um, is it just expected? No, I, I think I do try to ar- communicate it or make it a, a dialogue, um, but I, I think it it's like a case by case. It just depends on the individual you're with, and and if they if they don't understand it, they won't understand it. Like. Even if you you try to communicate it, they don't understand what. Uh, communi- if they don't understand what you're communicating, your need, if they if they don't understand it, because once again, I think it goes back to a, a how a person grew up, what they grew up around, their history. Mm-hmm. Like, I they, don't think we give enough credit to nature and nurture, boy. No. Oh, definitely no. not. I don't. Definitely not. You know, what I was thinking about the other day. I hate to super sidebar, but I was thinking about how. You know how they say you don't you choose your family, but you don't get to choose your family, but you get to choose your friends. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with that. And I think if we really think about it, it's like, how do you choose your friends? We're we're, we're like you know think about being in the school age. Where you whoever you around, I, who rides your bus, mm-hmm. who you in class with. What about now? Who I'm you go to work know. with? Who you go to college with? Right. Your friends are selected from a pool of like designated people. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's not like we get to like meet all these different people. <laughs> cool. Yeah, it's true. It's based off yeah. of who you select out of the group that was already predetermined and the group that mm-hmm. you've been assigned to. Yeah. We don't really pick the best. The best mm-hmm. of the group that was there. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Because we don't. I mean, a lot of, like our jobs for most. Like, well, actually, let's take it back. We didn't pick what school district we went to, mm-hmm. right? We don't pick what church we go to. Our parents normally pick that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or you know, when we go to college, you know, we get we go to the school that, w- that, that accepted us. So fate decided that we're going to go to Cal State Poly Pomona. Mm-hmm. Said it right? No, you didn't, but I understand. <laughs> Cal Poly Pomona. Cal Poly Pomona. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> you know so, so we get to choose from these, these, these pools of people mm-hmm. that we've been dropped into. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's not until yeah. we take ourselves out of these environments and place ourselves into a whole other thing where we get another pool of friends or pool of people to select from. I mean, but still, even with that, you're still picking based off of who's around in that area. <laughs> but, but the people that are around in that area are all virtually the same. Yeah, that's interesting. You think about elementary school, that's not a b- big difference between all these kids. Yeah, Middle yeah. school, high school. There's similar communities probably. more. It's more likely that there's a lot more shared interests and in community and all yeah. that experiences. Mm-hmm. There's no diversity there. Yeah. Um, oh, dang, what was it? You talked about it's not always that that person understands. And we're talking about because of nature nurture, we yeah, have yeah. different understandings of even love mm-hmm. languages. Because I've been in relationships where it has been communicated. My love language is words of affirmation or my love language is quality time. But 
That's all it is. It's like, oh, yeah, I heard you mention that. So when I remember, I'm going to take the time to affirm you. But what time do I take personally to understand what it even means to have someone whose love language is words of affirmation? Because there's articles on it. There's Mm -hmm. books that can be read. And, you know, once again, that's a lot of time and investment. But if I'm someone who I know I'm not the best with giving words of affirmation, if I'm stingy with praise just because, I need to go above and beyond a little bit if I truly care about this person to understand what it means to have someone that needs words of affirmation or or not needs, but that that's their love language. How do I go about communicating with that person? You know what I mean? Yeah, because thinking about the way I grew up, if crazy language or talking to someone in a certain uh, unrespectful way, for me, I was educated that that's wrong. Mm. But someone else who grew up and maybe in a family that just didn't have any uh, filter on their mouths and just thought they that's just normal to them. Like that that's not identified as I'm being wrong or I'm being disrespectful. That's just the way they grew up. And so sometimes you end up in relationships with people who grew up a certain way. And it's not that they're a bad person. That's just a behavior or that's the way they grew up. They're not a bad person. That's just what they understand. That's their norm. Yeah. yeah. To answer your question, I think it's stepping out of your comfort zone. Step out of your comfort zone for so you know for for you to, if Ashley, for lack of a better name, because mm-hmm. you know everybody know like seventy Ashleys right. and Jasmines. Right. Um, let's say you're dating a girl named Ashley, and her love language is words of affirmation, but you struggle with being vulnerable mm-hmm. and expressing your feelings. You know, I think it's gonna take you stepping out of your comfort zone to say, "Yeah, your hair looks really nice today." Yeah, one hundred percent. You know, or you know. Um, y'all really like you know. I really appreciate you opening up to me the other day, or whatever case, to vocalize it. Mm-hmm. So I've been there too, where it's like, you know, the things that we need stop because we haven't, you know, praised them. Right. You know what I mean. Mm. So I think that's really it's, it's on us that's in a loud. way. That's loud. One hundred percent. Another 100%. thing I've been thinking about too is the fact that we, I think we really get to create our environments in a way. You know, I was uh, I used the example the other day of. You know, with our words, you have the you have the power to create a negative or positive transaction, you know, with anybody in your phone book right now. You can call somebody right now and be like, yo, I just want to call and say I love you. And how is that going to impact their day? How is that going to impact their emotions? What are they going to feel in that moment? Or you can call and be like, you know, start an argument. You know what I mean? And with the people that we know and love, there's, we know exactly what to say to, like, Mess up in somebody's entire day right now, right? I can send my dad an invoice right now. He'd be <laughs> hot. He'd be real hot. <laughs> you know, so I think it's that awareness of like, you know, how we can positively influence people, and what needs to happen for us to to communicate um, love and life to somebody. Two Chain says something on that. Uh, did you watch it yet? Uh, the the latest, um, the shop. No, I haven't seen that yet. Man. Nah, I got to watch it. I got to uh, watch it, man. I'm going to watch it again. Oh, tell it's me so about good. it. I'm going to tell you about it. So <laughs> 2 Chains, wow. 2 Chains had a bar in there where he was talking about how, like, you know, he was at a place in his career where he wanted to get one fan a day. And then that, that, that switch, yeah, gain one fan a day. That's what he wanted to do. Then it switched to I want to influence, inspire one person per day. And I, can know, I know I can do so much more than that. You know what I mean? Inspire one person a day. So what does that look like an application? You know, as far as talking to people, what you post, 
you know, you being active on, on, on IG or whatever the case is, I feel like if we tailor our goals to to that standard of like how can I push the narrative? How can I help people? How can I in this relationship, how can I make my girl smile one one, one time a day? I did that uh recently with we the Chipotle and um and I, I saw it looked like the guy was having a bad day. I think I told you this already. Mm. But we went to Chipotle, Tarek and I, and it looked like the dude was having a bad day. And I'm like, yo, I want to make this dude smile. You know, that's that's just my random goal, just to see if I can do it, right? So what I did was I smiled, and I was super nice, and I was just like more engaged, engaged some more than I normally would. And his entire disposition switched. He was smiling, he was happy, he was joking with me. He put extra food on my plate. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like for real, like like he showed love, and he felt really, really good. Like I could tell you felt good. Like you know, it was a positive exchange. You know, and then I tried to make everybody in that line smile. It worked best with him, less with the cash register, right? But you know, I try to positively influence that person, you know, and I think that's just being conscious of the energy that we're putting out. You know, when that person's pissed off in traffic, we ain't got to, like, respond to that. Why are we going to put more negative energy out there? Mm-hmm. You know, but that's just a lack of, like, us knowing ourselves and why we're here and us, you know, not operating in our purpose like you spoke to earlier of, mm-hmm. like, how can I just, like, make this world better today? Yeah. I was, and you saying all that, I was thinking about a lot of times um, what social media has taught us to do is to not be present. And sometimes we can be so focused on where we're going that we forget to influence where we're at in that current moment. And that, and sometimes I think that that's in relationships. You get stressed out. You think about, oh, one day I want to marry this person. One day I want to be yeah. this. I need X, Y, and Z. And you, you're so consumed with all these things that you forget to just be present and say, hey, I know you did this today. Or uh, let's go do this. Let's enjoy the moment instead of focus on the future. That's true. Because even in the relationships, just thinking about them it's like dang this this sucks or i don't like the way this person handles this i can't deal with this when we're married so i need to make a change and adjustment now rather than dealing with the now and just in the context of where where is relevant where where is it relevant to because getting to that point may look totally different it does and i think you know we talked about this earlier where it's like you know you you setting the standard early mm. you know as far as like it's interesting man like no i don't want to use that example um, it's interesting because it's like, you know, setting the standards early of what you will and will not tolerate. Because it's so much easier to work from that point. Mm. <laughs> and if she knows or he knows that, you know, for example, I had a, um, a person I used to talk to talk about how, like, cheating is off the table. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, no. Like, that's, I can't, I can't forgive. I can't get past that. That's just off, 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 like, that's out, period. Mm. You know, and me knowing that from day one is going to change the way I move. If I know that you don't tolerate this at all, and if I really care about you, I'm going to be exercising even more caution not to lose you. Because I know from jump, you know, it's like a kid. You know, if you set the, the boundaries early and you let them know, look, this is what it is, changes the dynamic of everything. You know, so I think it speaks to that a little bit of us just being honest, having an honest conversation, but not with, you know, but with a good heart. Like, look, this is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Not like uh, you're going to be punished. I think a lot of times we come off like, I'm going to condemn you. I'm going to punish you. You're going to, you're just an evil person. And it's just like, no, this is just, I'm, I'm creating a boundary that, that I know that I need Mm -hmm. to, to continue to be who I am. And with that, you got yeah. the choice. Like, yeah, exactly. I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying that you have to have to be this, you know, for me. But just know if you're in a relationship with me, you know, these are my bottom lines. Yeah, you know what I mean. We need to speak with each other with respect, and there's got to be love. You've got to, you know, understand my schedule or whatever the case is. 
Um, there's one point I don't think we hit on What's your, that? you know, uh, dissertation. Uh, <laughs> dissertation. <laughs> you said that um, rather realized or not, we all have learned to love out of necessity. Innocence taught us to accept, embrace, and love all things without question. Innocence creates an environment of happiness. But as you get older, your, in- your innocence or happiness gets domesticated by fear and pain. Your love is suffocated out. Fear teaches us to question all things that determine if they're good or harmful for our being. Fear makes us question, is it safe to love something or someone? Fear tells us to stop moving forward. Fear and pain creates an environment of hostility or misery. Right. I want you to break that down. I know I read a, 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 a lot. <laughs> I'm going to have to listen to this back because that was powerful. So, I mean, just, I, w- I want you to I I know more about you know, how you feel your innocence or happiness is domesticated by fear. What does that look like? Ask it one more time so I can make sure I, I hit it. Um, how is your happiness or innocence domesticated by fear or pain? Um, I, I want to elaborate, but I have not written this, so I, I don't know how to elaborate. Um, I think the the fear it, it domesticates your 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 happiness because what was once just you from a good intention, a good a good innocent pure place was just you doing something good. You were you were um, uh, you were punished for being you were punished for doing something with good intentions but and you t- and you learned to take it personal instead of think and can you give me an example from yeah. your life that um, you've dealt with that is that what you were going to say I, I was going to say something similar yeah. because i've heard something about that like our parents are the first ones in our lives to disregard our boundaries mm. so from an early age we learn to accept someone disrespecting our boundaries mm. so if someone's like oh no come here and you know you got to figure out what that what that balance looks like but if someone's like no i don't want that no you're going to eat this or i don't want to go there no you're going to come to church if that's a place right you don't want to go or um i don't want to take this out no you're going to do it so it was not even so much a conversation to help that person understand the environment to teach them like if i if i don't want to take out the trash and it's like no you're going to do it now you've interrupted my boundary but you help give me understanding as far as what it means to contribute to the home and this is my responsibility and this is what the expectation is maybe it doesn't come off as uh disruptive as it as it could be but in taking or not taking the time to communicate that i understand that there's a level of fear that i must take on in order to do what it is that you as a parent have told me to do so now i've developed this almost expectation or tolerance for a level of disrespect from someone that I love. And I think we kind of carry that into relationships, not as consciously and like loud as it probably is, but we definitely have a different level of um, leniency when it comes to relationships because <laughs> we have, <laughs> because we have this, um, this part of us that, that experiences that. And we just kind of take it on like, all right, well, we got to find a way around this. And I don't want to have to tell them that they offended me. And I don't want to have to communicate that I disagree, it, it's, it's this fear of I'm going to disappoint this person, I'm going to hurt this person, so I just got to kind of take it. And I think we do that too long to the point where we're dying 
mm-hmm. and we have to do something about it. And at that point, it's been built up so much that it becomes very difficult to communicate it in, in love. So, so it, it brings up so many thoughts for me because I, f- I first think about the uh, dynamic between a parent and a child in our community, right? Our community being a black community. I feel like it's a very um, possessive relationship. Mm. You're my son, you're my daughter, right? And I think it's also the idea that um, there's been so much, there's been so many um, symptoms, I, I, I suppose, um, the symptoms. There's like so much residue from slavery, those three, four hundred years. Mm. You know, when you think about why in the black culture is the dynamic the way that it is, you think about why we get whoopings, right? Who mm-hmm. taught us to beat the people that we love? Where did that mm-hmm. come from? Right? Yeah. You know, who taught? Who, who said that was the the right way to discipline? Do as I say, not as I do. You know, this idea that you don't have the same inherent rights as your parents. You know, even to be able to have emotions and articulate your emotions and to talk back and have a dialogue about, you know, why you feel the way you I can and can't do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Right? In our communities, that's not happening. It's just like, what? Are you talking back? Because I said so. I got to give you a reason because I said so. So what happens is, like you're saying, we're domesticated, I feel like, as we get into the real world because, you know, we do a lot of things because someone says so. We're not allowed to challenge the ideas of the powers that be, you know? And what that creates is a very submissive uh, generation and, and, and group of people. You know, and I think about this a lot with women because, you know, I would argue that a woman from, or a young woman from the age of zero to 18, how many times have you been allowed to say no to somebody? Mm. You know, I wish I had a woman here to ask that question, you know? But oftentimes we don't teach women how to say no, I feel like, in a lot of these settings. So, you know, when, when they're out into the real world and it's a whole other dynamic, it's like, it's like a skill that, that, that they haven't learned, you know, um, to exercise rights over themselves. And I, well, at least it hasn't been emphasized, I feel like, you know, in the ways that it should be. And that's why I take a lot of responsibility with that when it comes to my daughter, because I want to make sure that she knows that she has a voice, that she has an opinion, that um, she has rights, Mm -hmm. you know? um, As I'm raising her, I don't want her to be in a situation to where um, she's afraid to speak up because of what may happen, how somebody may feel, you know? I'd rather be on the side of, yo, fuck how they might feel. You know, you exercise your rights. You know, you can say yay or nay to whatever you want. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I don't know. That's just, I don't know. Yeah, it's it's like being domesticated to only see see it one way, and when you start to see it this way, then that's the only right way. And then you grow up and you have to unlearn that because that's that's not reality. What has been your process in unlearning? Uh, it's hard. It's you hard. Have to make I an mean, answer if you don't have no, one. No, no, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I, I, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. I know. For me, you s- the question was what what has been your process in unlearning? Yeah. I took a sip after. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it's just been living through life. You know what I'm saying? I think I don't think there even is a process. I think it it comes to a point of I got to be in a space of w- being willing to reflect. Mm-hmm. So when situations happen, now this is an opportunity to unlearn something. I wish I could just sit down and just think about everything I've learned 
and just uncheck the things I don't want to know anymore. Yeah. But it delete them from your hard drive. Say it again. And like delete them from the drive. Yeah, just delete them all. Like yeah. they never existed. But I literally got to go through life and deal with conflict and situations that are very uncomfortable to even be exposed that I'm operating from a place of something that I learned or picked up on that I don't know. I no longer want to do or operate in. You know what I mean? Like just like what I shared earlier, as far as cutting people off or giving them the opportunity to no longer be in my life. Like I got to be mindful of how I'm communicating and, and making sure that I don't give people this dismissive vibe because I'm uncomfortable with the environment that's created, but because of a current exchange, like I'm dismissing everything else that ever existed within that relationship. Yeah, you know mm-hmm, what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I, when you were saying that, I was thinking, well, I guess that's how you would be a process for me of unlearning was just constantly making different decisions, like not choosing what I know just because it's what I know or what I'm comfortable with. Like, choose a, a decision that's going to make me have to grow or make me have to rise above resistance. It's always going to, no matter what, wow. I, uh, James Baldwin said that, like, you know, like, not everything that, every everything that's faced cannot be changed, will not, will not be able to be changed, but um, nothing can be changed without being faced. And I think it's like, and when you learn that you have to face the things that you don't want to face, like, there's going to be resistance and it's just mm-hmm. a constant, like, educating yourself to be able to make different decisions yeah. to know to know better to like it's like we have the freedom to do whatever we want but not everything is beneficial mm-hmm. it's like learning what's beneficial for yourself what's beneficial yeah. for the other person what's beneficial for other people in life yeah i think for me it's been a a lot of rebellion i think i've rebelled against a lot of the ideas that i was taught growing up whether it be in my faith with my family with um my education and really challenging everything to learn you know what I want to keep and what I don't want to keep you know um, I'm sure there's a better more effective way to do it <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah I think uh, that's interesting that's actually one of the things in that uh, blog or book or whatever whatever I, I decide to do with it um, but one of the thing I, I think one of the things I want to touch on is like deprogramming you know and the idea that we're robots and we've been trained and programmed to do things a certain way and behave a certain way and getting out of that, you know, into deciding how we want to relate to the world and, and who we want to be and how we want to like, how we want our voices to be heard and finding our voice. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So in other words, um, I just want to take this time out to say that um, romance doesn't exist. <laughs> you never find love, and you never be happy. So <laughs> why not just live the way you want to live and do what you want to do the way you want to do it? You feel me? Um, you know what I'm saying? The Notebook is just a movie. You know what I'm saying? But is it real? You know what I'm saying? It's got to be present, man. Got to be present in life. You got to be present. Oh, that was a joke, by the way. <laughs> I don't want nobody to talk about nigga. You said I ain't going to never find love, bro. I don't mean that. I, I think you have to, to change the narrative. Stop looking for love and let love find you. Like, be so focused and consumed with mm. yourself and your work and, and your purpose that you'll look up and love will be looking at you. I mean, nah, that's about the, I mean, it's, I think it's the definition. Yeah. Because love ain't going to find you the way you want it to find. It don't exist. No, I mean, like, way. no, I don't mean, like, 
the definition of what you think love is, but I, I but that's think what I mean though. I feel like people gotta 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 redefine it. Oh yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, in a yeah, healthy yeah. way to know yes. what 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 they yes. want to find them, yeah, what yeah, they want to look yeah, for. Definitely. Hey, yeah. you know what I'm if, saying? if I can drop a, a tip, it's just just for for conversation, it'd be dope if y'all listening or watching would take the time to watch the Red Table Talk with Jada and Wale. Oh, that's a good episode. Because there's so many different elements of it, and Wale had a stance basically like. What he heard as far as their experiences in love, 23 years and mm -hmm. however many years of the, the actor, um, it made him not even want it anymore because it didn't sound, yeah. it wasn't sexy anymore. No, it's not. And I think that that is something we must come to grips with. And I think that's part of the conversation we're having here. That romance piece of it is what we're looking for. But realistically, it's work. It's a, it's work. And even it, it being work, they still said it's worth it every time. And mm -hmm. that, to me, I think about any other thing we do in life. Whether you want to eat good, you want to look good and go to the gym, you want to be smart and intelligent, you got to study. There's all this work. None of that stuff ever feels good, but we understand that it's what is required in order for us to get the game we're looking for. Yeah. But for whatever reason, when it comes to relationships and love, we want that to be easy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's not a drug. You can't just sit back, take it, and then accept, you know, expect to get, yeah. like, a good result. Yeah. Because you know? if we operate at, if we operate or try to operate in love as if it is a drug and look for the high, we got to know that the crash. You know, it was coming. crazy when they said that um, what love when when they defined it and dude was like, it's literally me taking all my baggage and you bringing all your baggage and we put it in the same place mm -hmm. and we just deal with everything. Mm -hmm. That's love. Yeah, it's fertilizer. What I love that. Yeah, that's crazy. I it's still I still understand it, but I love the idea of oh, that's a positive way to spend some shit. Yeah, make it fertilizer. Yeah. <laughs> <That's>, uh, <laughs> I think it has to be looked at it as a, a partnership. I don't think it, it's looked at a partnership anymore. Yeah. I think people look at it as a possessive thing. Like, this is what I need. This I is what it. I want. And yeah. it needs to fit in that and not be a partnership. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, so we appreciate y'all listening. If y'all would send us some feedback, some content, some things to unpack. If you want to get on a conversation like this, if you want to, you know, critique or give us some insight things we didn't consider please let us know uh make sure you subscribe you like you share it um and you go through your own process of learning to love and listen to all the people out there it isn't that we don't believe in love it's just that we don't think it exists this is the homie tony and you're listening to helping homies win the podcast and now we're about to soothe y'all with the smooth beats of B2K. Peace.